Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, pastor Phil is not with us today, but once again, we have uh, past now pastor. You were ordained here a couple weeks ago as, I, as one of the pastors at our church. Still, Paul, Paul, Paul Luer. Still waiting for somebody to pinch me. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're with us today, and as always, Pastor Russ and Pastor Jonathan, brothers, how are you? I'm doing fine. Doing well. Thank you. All right. Um, so perhaps we should plug the conference first before we get going. You well, we're looking that? forward to this conference that's coming up September 17th and 18th, the Boise Reformation Conference. Uh, our speakers are going to be Dr. Terry Johnson and Dr. Robert Godfrey, uh, both excellent speakers. The conference title is Be Thou My Vision. Uh, we'll be focusing on worship. It's going to be so great. Did you mention the website? I didn't. You do that. Ref- so if you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can register for free. It's going to be super great. You don't want to miss it. I think we're even going to have a sushi truck, which I might be most excited about. Um, so kind of our modus operandi on the show is we are trying to be balanced in the topics that we are kind of addressing on a regular basis. If you've been listening regularly, you know that we addressed um, a rather big issue nationally and in our church's critical race theory. Um, but we want to be able to, you know, touch on issues that, that have international and, and worldly significance. But we also want to touch on confessional issues that deal with churches. But we also want to deal with individual holiness issues. And that's what we're dealing with today. Well, we're going to have a short series basically dealing with, with five kind of spiritual disciplines. Is that what these things would be, spiritual disciplines? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the first one today. At least in a means of grace, you could say. I mean, right. I think you could go either direction. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first one today is on the topic of Bible study. How are we to study the Bible? Uh, how, how should we not study the Bible? Uh, why is studying the Bible important? Uh, what are some good practices for studying the Bible? So let's let's start there. I'll give you a definition more or less from uh, the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, actually the larger catechism. It says, the Holy Scriptures are to be read with a high and reverent esteem of them, with a firm persuasion that they are the very Word of God, and that He can only enable us to understand them, with desire to know, believe, and obey the will of God revealed in them, with diligence and attention to the matter and scope of them, with meditation, application, self-denial, and prayer. So basically the Westminster Larger Catechism is is teaching us how we go to study our Bible. We do it with reverence. We do it with, you know, understanding that every line that we're reading is um, God speaking to us. We do it with a sense of persuasiveness, that we're persuaded that he can make his word known to us. There's a certain earnestness. We, we, we have this desire to know, believe, and obey the will of God. So pick up the Bible in that way. I want to know, believe, and obey the will of God. And, and with diligence, you know, this is something that uh, we return to often and uh, realize that the Word of God speaks to us 
not only corporately but individually as well. So there's a personalness uh, about it. Scripture talks pretty clearly about the need um, and the benefit from the study of God's Word. So the Psalms begin, Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So it it starts with the negative. The, the blessed man is one that is not party to wickedness nor wicked doers. But then it says, but... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And so it's really framing the rest of the book of Psalms that who's the blessed man? The blessed man is who loves God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, law is is Torah. It just means God's revelation of, of who he is in, in his word. And he's saying, who's the blessed man? It's the one that loves the word of God. The New Testament talks about this as well, that Paul is writing to Timothy near the end of his life, near the end of Paul's life. He's talking about God's word. And he says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that, so it's really the so that, the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So in two ways, you've got this beautiful Old Testament, New Testament balance of who's blessed? It's the one who drinks deeply from the Word of God. Then in the New Testament, Paul comes back and says, oh, by the way, the one that drinks deeply from the Word of God like the psalmist says, his leaf doesn't wither. He's the one that grows and matures and is complete. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of a uh, objection that Jesus answers in the New Testament. In John chapter 5, Jesus is, is basically staring down the Jews, and he acknowledges the fact that they study the Scriptures. Uh, he says, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. So there is a wrong way to study the scriptures. Uh, just because a person is pouring over the scriptures isn't necessarily reflective of the state of their soul, as 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 the case is here. If, if you're reading the Bible in a way that the Bible doesn't prescribe, then you're not getting the benefit out of it that it would would have you to receive. And and Jesus here is just summing it up in one statement. The scriptures bear witness about me. The scriptures bear witness about the gospel. That's the redemptive storyline in all of the Bible. The bottom line is we, we don't read just for knowledge. You can, I mean, this is just part of the sinfulness of, of our hearts, that we can take any good gift and distort it. And we can even do that with the word of God, that we can use it just to, to, to puff ourselves up with it, to yeah. just have more knowledge. And the point of the Word of God is to direct us towards the great God that we have opportunity to know and love and serve and to His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we might be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's right. That it's it's for an end, and that end is really God's glory yeah. because He's most glorified when we are most conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And that happens through the Word of God. That's right. Paul, did you want to add something? Well, we've been talking a bit about whether to do it, why to do it. And um, 
if I can just add a little bit about how to do it, um, sometimes we should be reading our Bibles widely. That is taking really large sections, books, not necessarily slowing down a whole lot, but just to read it broadly so that we're understanding the, the broad strokes of what's going on. And then there are other times, uh, it could even be in the same day, where we slow down, we focus on something very narrowly, and we're trying to read as deep as we possibly can to really mine the depths. And I, I mean, there, there are men who study, uh, devote their lives to studying a single book and I would submit that they hardly even scratch the surface of the riches that are there. So reading both widely uh, and deeply is, I think, very important to how Christians ought to approach their Bibles. Widely so that we can understand the breadth of it and put it all together. And, and deeply, mm-hmm. oftentimes, is when we're going to be getting that more devotional. We're asking more questions we're not just asking about the what, but the so what and the now what, and we're applying it carefully to our own our own souls. Maybe I'll just add one thing to that real quick. Um, my personality type is um, I'm a feeler, and so when I go to the Bible, my natural inclination is that I want to feel warmth. Now, I, I think that's what we should aim at. I think that's what you're talking about, Russ, about that communion with God. But the problem is, is my tendency is to want to start there, and that's not how the soul works. You actually have to work through understanding what the text is. The, the theology has to come in through your mind, and that's what warms your heart. So if you're the kind of person that just, it's called lucky dipping, where you open up your Bible and you, you put your finger on a random passage because you want to feel some sort of sentimental devotion, that's not the right way to approach um, the Bible study. I, I agree with what you're saying. That's good. If I can just add one thing to what Paul was saying that I think connects both to church life and also your own personal life. So like in our churches, most of the churches represented here, we work just through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our members go through those books with us. Right. Um, yeah. But it really would be a great idea that as your pastor is in a series, that each week you read that book in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we, we, we pause in certain portions of that, but really that's just part of a whole. If you remember, almost every book in the New Testament was a letter. And so the idea was that it, it should be read in 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 one sitting. Um, I mean, I don't know of any of you that get a letter in the mail and you say, today I'm just going to read the first paragraph. I don't care about what's in the rest of the letter. I mean, And so the idea is that we read it as a whole. And the more we do that, the more we, we see how the individual parts, where Paul was talking about where we pause and, and really study portions, but then we'll benefit from that more when we see how it fits into the, the big picture around it. And so just trying to encourage you to embrace what Paul's saying of the part and the whole and, and apply that even within your your sermon series that you might be sitting under right now. Yeah. So, so we mentioned reading for the glory of God, re- reading for communion with God. I want to add one more thing here. We should study our Bibles also for the sake of our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been a part of my own reading that's been missing for, for many years. When I sit down, I'm not just reading for my own benefit. I'm reading so that I can be a help to my Christian brothers and sisters or so I can be a help to the lost. Um, maybe something to pray as you're reading the Bible. Lord, how can I gain something here for myself? But how can I gain something here for the, the struggling saint that I worship with? 
Um, Ephesians 4 is really a chapter that talks about unity in the body of Christ, and, and we've been working through this as a church in our summer um, midweek Bible study. And I said, if you're reading Ephesians 4 as individually, at least in part, you're reading the chapter wrong, that Ephesians 4 is really about corporate. And just to piggyback on what Josh is saying, sometimes in my study of God's Word, it's for me. Um, sometimes my study of God's Word is for my brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage you that there are times when there are people that you encounter that are having trouble drinking from God's Word, um, that whatever is going on in their life, the circumstances of their life, um, they're having trouble going to God's Word and reading it. And so you might have to go to the well for them and and be dipping water that you can then share into and speak into their life. And so I, I really do think that's a component that might be missing in our very individualistic society. Amen. Did you mean the well church? They should go to the well church. Yes, drink deeply. <laughs> I can't remember your slogan, that, that, actually. That, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Come thirsty, drink deeply. Okay, there, yeah. you go, yeah. there you go. Anyway, you've been listening to Gospel for Life. Please, again, check out our uh, website, ReformationBoise.com, where you can get details, and you can register for our upcoming conference. You don't want to miss it. September 17th and 18th, be thou my vision. We'll see you next time. 